are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Year was 1969. I had graduated from high school, and I recall in August getting on an airplane in this area and moving to a state called Wisconsin. I was born in Wisconsin, really never had been there but one other time since then. I was looking forward to going back to that state. I was looking forward to also coming back and living at home with my parents. But I never happened after that. When I left for college, I just came home briefly here and there to see my folks, and see my home church. When I was a freshman, in that sophomore freshman year, the uh, music chairman came to me and said, Jack, we want you to go to Platteville, Wisconsin. I'll never forget it. It was the fall of the year. It was beautiful in the Midwest. And... Uh, there was a university there. We want you to work on that university. And there's a church building. The church was established years ago, but there's down to just a couple people. And we want you to go with this husband and wife that are students in the college. And you're going to go soul winning and knocking on doors and visiting people. I had no idea how to go soul winning. They said, we want you to open that church back up. And we want you to lead the music in that church. And you're going to stay in an attic of an elderly widow lady on the weekends. Sunday afternoon, you can eat lunch in the church, and then Sunday night, come back home, back to the college. It was really a wonderful experience. Little did I know that God was placing me into the ministry. I was scared to death as I led music. The man who was to preach was behind me. His wife was at the piano. I was on the platform three of us and four in the auditorium, in that church auditorium. And I thank God for that beginning. That church is a great church. Ms. Treber and I were back there speaking last year at a couple's retreat for that area. And to see how God has blessed it under Pastor Barna these many years and the pastor since. We thank God for that. Then the sophomore year, he called me back in the office and said, now Jack, we're gonna send you over to Dr. Anderson's church. Dr. Anderson's church is a full-fledged church in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. You know, looking back, that church in Platteville, my sister-in-law was in that church. And later she married, she married Pastor Mark Swanson. And, and then uh, when I got to Platteville, Brother and Mrs. Boroff's parents were part of that church. When I was there, I'll never forget, it was a full-size church and a full choir. I'm going to say maybe 30 people, 25 or 30 in the choir. And they said, you're going to lead your first Sunday night song. It's prepared. All you have to do is lead it. I said, what's the song? And it's really not a gospel evangelistic song. It was popular in the 60s. It's out of the ivory palaces. And I tell you, I led it. I led the singing, and I enjoyed the day. I really enjoyed the day. And then I was moving into the end of that sophomore year, and he said, we have a letter here from Dr. Melvin Swanson. 
I still have the letter, and he wants you to come to Rockford, Illinois. That became really my home church for all these years now. My home church is closed. But what a thrill to work for my father, who later became my father-in-law. You know, Brother Chuck, I just enjoy getting in the ministry. It's what God had for me. God has some of you as doctors and nurses and lawyers and business people. Wouldn't it be a shame if we were all pastors? Wouldn't that be a, a hoot? I'm thinking about all of us, how we'd get along real well together. Everybody want to preach. I'm thankful for lay people. But I'm so thankful, as Paul said, that he entrusted me with the ministry. I love the ministry. I eat it, I sleep it, I think about it all the time. I guess if I were to take a vacation, we would take a vacation, I'd get some rest. But I guarantee it, the ministry would be on my heart. And somehow the ministry is a short season. It's amazing, Brother Ramers, you sang that song because I wrote that song down to quote tonight, to be used of God. I want to get one day to the end of the journey and look back and say, God used me. I wasn't much, and I know, I know who I am. You don't have to tell me. Sometimes some folks feel like it's their ministry, and I feel, you don't know anything. If you only knew how bad I am, I'm just, I'm not much. I'm not talented. I know that. But I do know I love and I'm called to do what I'm supposed to do. But I believe everybody here has a calling to do something for God. I want us to see that tonight. Our theme for 2019 is Acts 2019. We never, Brother Bill Manley, you know, and your wife, we've never told the theme before. I've told it for months. We always wait till the last Sunday in December or the first Sunday in January, make a big ordeal, pass all the material out, and you'll get some things. But we never tell the theme. We keep it quiet. And uh, family that sticks in 86, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget I love my church. I'll never forget one year was sweet 16. And all year long, we on Sunday night dealt with things that were 16. Jason Brockman received a plaque for having a size 16 shoe. I'll never forget that evening. God's given us a theme every year for 43 years. And our theme this year coming in January is Acts 20, 19. Would you read it with me? Acts chapter 20 and verse 19. Especially the first three words with energy, that's our theme, but we'll read the entire verse. Acts 20, 19, ready, begin. Serving the Lord. And you know the phrase there, serving the Lord, that's what our goal for 2019 is. I've also told you what the theme for 2020 is. And 2020, I've been waiting for, I want to say, decades. I can recall I was driving back to the airport and Dr. Jack Howe said, you ought to think of a, not regarding the year 2020, but he said, you ought to have a 2020 campaign. I said, what's that? He goes, Acts 2020. I said, what's that verse say? And he said, you know what that verse says? I said, I don't, but tell me. He said, daily and from house to house. And in 2020, we are going to take the scriptures house to house 
person to person in this city. We're not gonna leave it on the doorstep. We're not gonna mail it in the mail. We're gonna take it and give it to a family. And I'm gonna ask you folks to say, I will take, I will take these 10 homes. I will take these 20 homes. And I will take a Bible, the Word of God. And when they're not home, I'll go back the next week and say, I've been trying to deliver this Bible to you. It is a gift from the North Valley Baptist Church. And if they're not home the second week, we'll go the third. But somewhere along the line, I'd like everyone in this church, house to house in this entire city. I saw a man at the restaurant last Sunday again, and he was the man, he's in his 70s, that that a few, many years ago got a Bible from this church and the agnostic and he said that Bible put me on the path I began to read it and I got saved and I never miss going to a Bible preaching church every single Sunday thank God for that serving the Lord and I'm coming to you tonight on behalf of 2019 serving the Lord turn back with me if you will to Joshua 24 Joshua 24 as we think of our theme coming up and this is really my last opportunity to preach about it because soon we'll move into December and there's so many different messages I want to preach in December and so I wanna throw it out on this uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving to consider how are you gonna serve God? How are you serving God? Staff, I wanna thank God for the staff, the teachers, the maintenance, the, the support staff, the secretaries, the preachers, but I want to say something that Mr. Treber and I say it one another all the time. We get paid to serve the Lord. And staff, if you're full time, I consider it's all serving God. But really, you're 40 hours, you're paid for. I wonder how much of that is serving God. We ask lay people to come after their 40 hours. And staff, I know you're giving a lot more than 40. I know that. But that's called serving God. And I want to challenge everybody, not so much the less, but so much the more. We have people that are dropping off into hell, into eternity. And every second, two people die. They claim that 1% of this world knows Jesus Christ as their personal savior. If that's true, that means that basically every second, every click of the thumb, every second, somebody, two people are undoubtedly dying and going to a place called hell whose fire is not quenched. We must rescue the perishing. We cannot sit on the sidelines. We cannot be moved with, without compassion. And when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for they're scattered and brought as sheep having no shepherd. And he cried out and he said to the people, the labors are truly, uh, the, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. The labors are few. Pray therefore the Lord of harvest that has sent forth labors. So we get into this brief message tonight. What are you actually doing to say, I am serving God. Sitting in a church is wonderful, as commendable. But what are you doing to serve God? What are you doing to serve God? 
I mean, is there, is this, my ministry is a ministry of prayer. And I'm not talking about, and bless the food, bless pastor, amen. That's not a ministry of prayer. I'm talking about where some people say, I am gonna begin to pray for my church and I'll spend an hour or two or four or five every week in prayer before God and praying for these college students that the devil's got a target on their life to destroy them before they start for these high school students who are such special, wonderful, amazing young people for these little children. Can we pray for them? Can we pray and say, I know the bus captain of route number, uh, of route number uh, five, and I know the bus captain of route number 23, and I know, I know who they are because I pray for them. There's such a thing as caring for the house of God and caring for these properties and housekeeping. And of course, all of us are soul winners and teaching a class and passion. I was speaking with an adult Sunday school uh, teacher who teaches children's class this week. And I left there so blessed as I met with that man because he prays for his children, his class, the boys. And he prays for their parents by name. You know, that man's interceding for the families of his Sunday school class. Tonight, as we look at the book of Joshua chapter number 24, verse 14 says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him. Who's writing? Who's writing this book in this last chapter? An old war horse who's come to the end of his life. He worked with Moses and lifted Moses' hands and helped Moses side by side as an assistant to Moses. Moses died and he picked it up and went forward and was serving God. Now age has crept in. Joshua's old. And it gathers his church, the Old Testament, what I'll call church, the people of God together. Verse one, and Joshua gathered all the tribes. And it begins to tell them in the first 13 verses what God did with Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and then with the Egyptians, and then how he cared for you in the wilderness, and how God did so many wonderful things for us. And he said, now, now God says in verse 13, I've given you the land. Life is so amazing because one day I'll gather our people together. And I said, I fought a good fight. I've tried to stay in the battle, but I'm old. And there has to be a Elisha that comes in and says, I want to pick up the mantle. That's exactly the text that's before us. What's on the heartbeat of the, the old ancient man that's served God? What's on his heart? Verse 14, serve, serve him. Serve him. What's on, the, what's on his heart? The latter four words in that verse 14, serve ye the Lord. In verse 15, if it seem evil to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. 
whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verse 16, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Verse 18, but we will also serve the Lord for he is our God. And Joshua said to the people, ye cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God, a jealous God. He said, he will not forgive your transgressions, your sin. He said, you gotta do it right. Verse 20, if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn to do you hurt. Verse 21, and the people said unto Joshua, nay, no, we, we will serve the Lord. And then I think of what he says in verse 24. And the people said to Joshua, Lord our God, we will serve, we will serve him. Mark it down, Joshua, we know you're gonna die, but mark it down, we know you're gonna die, but, but we, we, we're gonna serve God. And verse number 29, and it came to pass after these things, what things, as he rehearsed what God had done and he pled with them time after time, serve God, serve God, serve God. And it came to pass after these things, Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. Being ahead, 110, verse 31. And Israel served the days, served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Who are you serving? What are we serving? John Wanamaker, and you know he was the founder of these great department stores. John Wanamaker was also, and he was the modern day father of what these stores now called the five and dime stores, and they're off the scenes, and the Payless stores, and, and then uh, the Walmart stores, and he set the direction. John Wanamaker, Wanamaker didn't want, oh, we have all these stores, and you ought to read his account in his life. It's in our books, in the bookstore, and the leaders of men. But also, he was the postmaster general and worked in the president's cabinet. But they said, Mr. Wanamaker, how, how is it you can run these department stores and be the secretary of the post office, postmaster general, and you run the Sunday school? How can you do the Sunday school? The Sunday school that he was the superintendent of had 4,000 students a week. And they said, because my number one calling is not postmaster general, and my number one calling is not my stores. But when I went into work many years ago into the business world, I claimed Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first. These things are jobs that help me with my main task. Superintendent of 4,000 boys and girls and men and women in the Sunday schools. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I am happy in the service of the king. I'm happy, oh, so happy. I have peace and joy that nothing else can bring in the service of the king, in the service of the king. Every talent I will bring, I have peace and joy and blessing in the service of the king. Are you serving God? Are you actually serving God? I'm talking about, are we actually serving God? There's a little girl, and she was born to a family where for some reason, right from the beginning, you could tell she was a fidgety thing. 
And as she began to grow as a toddler, she was such a fearful thing. She was afraid and she was temperamental and, and she was a little girl that, that was born with fears. As she got into her teenage years, she, those fears began to grab hold of her heart. A fearful thing, an anxious little thing. And she said, one day I'm not gonna live this way anymore. I refuse to live fearful. I'm afraid of everything. She was afraid of the sight of blood. She was afraid of injury. She was afraid of, she was afraid. And she said, I refuse to live this way. She forced herself to begin to care for others. The war was on. And she went and volunteered. They said, there's no you on the battlefield. Women don't fight. But she said, I want to give myself to the soldiers. They're being wounded. And through the process of time, they took her and she was in the front lines and she was caring for the wounded and the dead and would bandage their bodies. And you know her story. Her name was Clara Barton. And Clara Barton became, they said, the angel on the battlefield is here. She served people. She gave her life for people. We have so many bus captains. You've been the bus captain for 15, 20, 25, 30, and almost 35 years. Thank God for you. You're investing your life in the next generation. The young man was invited by a college boy. Brother Ray brought him today. Ray's dad was a single man in our church, and now for years he's been a pastor. He's one of our graduates. Ray, his son is now in our college. And he brought a young man, maybe that young man is here tonight. And he brought him to church and he listened and very direct on heaven and hell this morning. He walked forward and he got saved and one of our soldiers led him to Christ. I saw him afterwards, he followed the Lord and believers baptism and he said, I, I, he saw me out here and he said, it's just so wonderful. They knocked on my door yesterday. I wanted my family to come, but I'm here. And he said, they, they, they brought me to church. I don't know if he used the word saved, but he said, I, I, I made that decision today and then I got baptized. He goes, you know, pastor, a load's been lifted. Maybe he's here tonight. You know, I wanna say, I thank God for the wheels of mercy, those buses. And friend, if you think there's been an attack, Brother Todd of the buses, in days gone by, isn't it amazing? State says you can't run them after 2020. Then they put the regulation 5,000 miles. Then they put the regulation 1,000 miles. Then we lose this parking lot, and this parking lot, and this parking lot. And what's the North Valley Baptist Church done? We said, let's go buy some more new ones. You can stop the bus if you want, but I'm gonna tell you something. It is the ministry to reach the masses for Christ. I thank God for the bus ministry. Most, unfortunately, do nothing in the work of God. One, I'd like to say this. When you got saved, everyone received a spiritual gift. There are nine spiritual gifts, and we've read them before. Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Corinthians 4, and 1 Corinthians 12. God gives gifts. One of the gifts is the gift of teaching. 
God may have gifted you as salvation. I didn't even know it, what God gave a gift to me. I had no idea when I got saved, 1956, that the Holy Spirit of God came and lived in my heart. I had no idea that he was in there. I didn't even know much about the Holy Spirit. I had to learn about the work of the Holy Spirit. I had no idea that God gifted me in 1 Corinthians 12 with the Spirit of God and gifts for his service, for his glory. There's the gift of teaching. There's a gift of being a pastor. There's the gift of helps. Some of you, God gifted you with helps. You're to help people, help people. Some it's the word governments, which is leadership. And you gifted, you've been gifted. God gave you that gift, that salvation. There's nine of them, we won't go through them all. But when God saved you, he gifted you. I'm certain you've studied enough with us through the years that you can go to those texts and read, but you better figure out what your gift is. I didn't fight my gift because I was uh, negative toward God. I really didn't even know it was a gift. But I knew I could never be a pastor. I knew I wanted to serve God. So in Bible college, I took this major and this major and this minor and this minor, two majors and two minors, but I couldn't be a pastor. I can't stand up and speak before people like that do that. I don't even know how to get a message. You say, well, duh, I've been here years. I can tell you that for sure right now. But nonetheless, I, I didn't know how to get an outline or get a thought. I didn't know how to speak. I'd get so nervous, break out sweat and red face. Many times start stuttering and stammering. And so I graduated without preparing to be a pastor. I was too afraid. And perhaps you're like me, I was afraid. Perhaps you say, I'm, I, know, I know that call in my life is to be a Sunday school teacher. I see Jacqueline back there. And Jacqueline, brother, Mrs. Van Dyke's daughter, granddaughter, she became a Sunday school teacher, she's a public school teacher. And she became a, pub, a Christian Sunday school teacher, went through training program here, became an assistant, became a teacher. You can see it. You can see the passion. She's a teacher. Have you ever seen her teach? No, but I've seen her come to teacher's meeting on time, every time. And I see as she comes, she listens. I see as she comes, she takes things with her. It's there. I hear from her students in her class the different things that she has said or done. She has that gift. Now, I'd be ashamed to say one day, I don't want to do this anymore. She has to do it. Teachers meeting tonight, Brother, Brother Reamers who sang, he stood up and he said, last week I went to go see my parents in Connecticut. I remember when this church helped start that church almost 40 years ago. And he said, there's a Sunday school teacher there that I used to go there all the time. They said, he knows you, Brother Treeper, from way back then. And he's been teaching Sunday school in that Sunday school for all these years. And he said he was my fourth, fifth, and sixth grade teacher. And he said last week I asked him, what are you doing? He's a contractor, builder. He said, I'm still teaching my class. Why do some want to give up serving God? 
I don't want to live in fear, but one day a stroke or a heart attack and I can't serve God anymore. I dread that moment. I want to serve God with my life. I want to hang on to every day. I want to preach the word of God. I want to sing the praises of God. I want to be with the people of God. I want to meet with God. I want to be in the ministry. I want to serve God to the day I die. I pledged, lost my wedding ring this week, and I pledged to that dear lady. I pledged her on our anniversary, when the day we got married, December 23rd, till death do us part. I don't want anything to separate us. I want to stay married to her. I'm telling you, friend, I want to stay serving God. I want to stay after this thing. I, I want to stay on the radio. I want to stay in elementary chapel. I want to stay in high school chapel, college chapel. I want to stay in my study and read and study and pray and get up in the middle of the night when I can't sleep and say, God, I've got more preparation to do. I want to serve God. I'm not interested in, and I'm not saying it's wrong if you have interest in sports and all these things. I have no interest. The older I get, and I want to play basketball with my grandkids and those things, and I want to come watch you kids play ball. And I'll be a cheerleader for you. I'll be on the side. Yes, go North Valley, go dogs, go Bulldogs. That's it. But the most wonderful thing is to use the gift God gave you. What's the gift God gave you? What's the gift he gave you? My second question not only does everyone receive a spiritual gift at salvation, but everyone is given a command at salvation. Acts 1.8, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Soul winning is not a gift. It's a command. But he is not willing that any should perish. In 2019, this is not going to sound like a lot. But could you imagine if tonight a thousand in this room at least would say, a thousand tonight would say, January 1st, give me 10 gospel tracts a week. 10. 10. Just 10. I'll pass it out here at the cleaners and I'll pass it out at the gas station and I'll pass it out to a neighbor. I'll pass it when I go here or go there. I Just give me 10 a week. If we could get 1,000 people to take 10 a week, that's 10,000. And we did it for 52 weeks, that's 520,000. That's a half a million. That doesn't include bus flyers and Sunday school flyers and everything else that we do and Super Saturdays of soul winning. I would think very easily next year we can give a minimum of a million gospel tracts out. A minimum of million gospel tracts are publications. We print tracts for and invitation cards for churches. And recently we went over a million invitation cards printed from our ministry here. They go around the globe. I want to say tonight that we're all given a command to give the gospel. And thirdly, in our close, when we think about serving God, everyone receives a gift. And everyone receives a command. 
and everyone must discover their place of service for Jesus. When I went to college, those first few months before I got in the ministry to work, there was a few different churches and we didn't have a church for the college, so they let us go to these other churches. I went to Calvary Baptist Church and then I went to another church in Jefferson Baptist Church. On Sunday night as I went on a, what would they call a youth hour, a college hour before the service, I'll never forget Phil Rhodes. We used to play softball against him up here in Castro Valley on Friday nights. Phil was a couple years older than me and he may be watching right now. He said, I want to teach you this course. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Well, I didn't know what 1 Corinthians 15, 58 was. And it said, it goes, it goes like this. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Your labor's not in vain in him. Be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now that was years ago. And I'm so very grateful that God has allowed me to serve him. I want to say the longer I serve him, the sweeter it grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. I sing in my prayer journal, I have the words, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and has told thy love to me, but I long to climb in this uh, 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 and be closer drawn to thee. Consecrate me now to thy service as a stanza, Lord. I sing in my, in my prayer journal, take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands, take my feet, take my voice. And God, use me today. Don't you have a desire? I know you do. You want me in church on a Sunday night that God would, serve, would let you serve. In 2019, the choir will learn the choir opener. We won't sing it every service. But it's an old hymn. And I'd stand next to my dad and we'd sing it. There is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus, joy that throbs within my heart. Every moment, every hour, as I draw upon his power, there is joy, joy, joy that never shall depart. You know, this nation of ours is a mess right now. It's amazing how there's so many different divisions in our country. It's going to only get worse unless we get God. How is this nation going to get God? By God's people. That boy this morning, I don't know if he's here tonight, that boy this morning, he was radiating. He was happy. It happens almost every Sunday where someone will come and say to me, I got saved today. It's exactly what I'm looking for. I want you to consider serving God. We're going to have a theme all year long of 2019, serving the Lord.
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.